The other day, I was busy at work making sure that my Christmas to-do list was being whittled away, and uh, I was interrupted by, by laughter, and uh, somebody was laughing, and not that kind of like, ha-ha, but like, I can't breathe, kind of barreled over laughing, and it, it turned out that it was, uh, it was Emily, and she was watching a YouTube video that another church had made, and uh, in this video, they had um, all the generations together telling the Christmas story through the lens of children in their church. And uh, it, it was reverent, but it was definitely very joyful, lots of laughter. And it, it, again, you couldn't help but be drawn into the joy that the children were, were exuding and then the adults were given permission likewise to have. In today's uh, scripture readings, there's all sorts of joy that just leaps off the pages there of Scripture, whether it's the Isaiah prophetic vision of this wilderness in the desert that is transformed into a lush garden of the Lord, or in this greeting between Elizabeth and Mary, these, these two expecting mothers. And when they encounter each other, the, the child inside of Elizabeth, who's now like in the third trimester, John, who will be John the Baptist, like, you know, the mom can definitely feel when the child is leaping inside of her. And she exclaims to Mary, blessed, blessed are you, and blessed am I, for what, who am I that I should have heard the mother of my Lord? And she's the first person in all of Scripture there to confess Jesus is Lord. And she's saying about joy, and she even says to, to Mary this, this kind of strange Greek word that means both blessed and content, happy, kind of like all the good stuff in life in one, that she says, Mary, you're, you're exuding that, that joy now. And Mary's response is one of such beauty and grace. And Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, Mary's words here, her story, her song, are, are actually given a title sometimes, a Magnificat, after the, the way it was translated in Latin. But I actually think it's worth, this is, I think it's worth memorizing uh, these scripture verses here, because again, they, they just kind of help us bring forth joy, and, and my soul magnifies the Lord. So I'm going to give you a chance to all say that together. Ready? My soul magnifies the Lord. And then this week you can learn the rest. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. It's hard to say those words and not feel something stirring within us. So this, this whole passage, this greeting of, of Mary and Elizabeth, this meeting of the generations is exuding with joy and praising God for God's work in this world. There are many reasons why and, and many occasions at this time of year when we experience joy, uh, right, as we anticipate Christmas and, and during these weeks. But I'd also humbly offer that joy is not the only emotion that we experience at this time of year. There's sort of just the, the grind of, of busyness and the sort of the to-do list and the family gatherings. And, you know, we talk about sort of inflation of, of costs, but I want to talk about inflation of activities because I feel that things that I did as a kid, when my kids do the same thing, it's like 30 to 50% bigger of a commitment, right? And so, like, the holidays, again, just trying to, you know, fit all the pieces together. And, and sometimes that, that chain of logistics and all that, that can just really suck the joy out of us. 
Likewise, at the holidays, we're often reminded, reminded of Christmases long ago and people that are no longer with us. I think there's a, a real way in which grief can become very real for us at this time of year. That's, that's why, in fact, we're offering a, a quiet Christmas service, an opportunity for people to come, whatever they're feeling, including grief. Uh, lastly, I think there's sort of a, an unending stream of, of news that doesn't shut off for these weeks, reminding us on a daily basis, hourly, minute by minute, of the reasons why this day we should be angry, agitated, upset, and fearful. So again, joy is hard. And if you're a World Cup fan, you know, every team basically except for one goes home losers, right? It's hard. It's hard. Don't worry, Brazilian fans. Don't worry. I feel your pain. So again, there's all sorts of reasons, though, why we might not have the joy, the joy at this time of year that we see in this encounter, that we feel, we experience in this encounter of of Mary and Elizabeth. And so I'd like to reflect with you a little bit on on where this, this joy may be found in our lives, how we can open ourselves to the experience of the joy that Jesus can bring for us. And one of the things to observe is that when Mary and Elizabeth arrive, okay, this is an era long before email, even regular mail, phones, radio, there's nothing. So, so Mary just shows up at Elizabeth's house and is like, I'm here and I'm going to stay with you now. And Elizabeth's response is, that's wonderful. Because there were no, again, there was no logistical chain of emails over three weeks of who was going to bring potatoes and who was going to bring turkey or anything like this. They just showed up. But what Mary does come with is Mary comes with a story. Mary comes with a story of how God has been active in her life, of God's mercy being sure from generation to generation, what God is doing in her life. And, and I would encourage you as you think about all of these sort of things you have to bring and, and to pack and to prepare in the coming days to, to take time, maybe even this day, this Sunday as we worship here, to think, what is the story you can bring? Mary again brings a, a story of God's faithfulness in her life and her family and her tribe in the world. And what is the story of God's faithfulness, of God's mercy that you can bring so that then when people say to you, how was your year? How have things been? That you can have that that story ready. Certainly preparing that story will give you cause for joy, but then sharing it too will bring about mutual rejoicing. So again, in in all the packing, remember to pack your, your story, your example of how God's mercy has been real and alive in your life. The next thing is that when, when Mary says these words, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, it's hard for me to imagine she wasn't singing those. And it's, it's almost hard to say them without singing them. And I know we'll sing them today. I know on Wednesday nights at evening prayer we've been singing those words. But again, it's, it's Mary here just isn't telling a story. She's, she's singing a song. And I want to give you permission to sing. There's all sorts of reasons why, but Americans, we used to sing more 50 or 100 years ago. We don't sing as much today. But this time of year, you're allowed to sing. 
right? To quote from Elf, right? The best way to spread holiday cheer is to sing loud for everyone to hear, right? The gospel according to Elf. So again, you're allowed to sing this time of year. Sing in the shower, sing in the car, sing when you're baking cookies, sing when you light your advent wreath, when you use the devotion, sing in church, sing in concerts. Again, there's something about that activity that just fills one with joy. And if you say, I can't sing, I want to tell you something. I have never read anything historically in any culture or time before 21st century America where somebody said they couldn't sing. This is, this, is a, this is a modern invention to think you cannot sing. Nobody ever in the Bible in any other literature has ever said they couldn't sing, okay? Like, that's like saying as a human, I can't breathe, okay? You can do it. You can sing loud. It just shut the doors and nobody else can hear, but sing, okay? So this is okay. You know, there's a lot of things that at this time of year, though, um, stories, singing, also gift-giving, sort of family traditions, all sorts of, of things that, that um, invite us to, to be joyful. And, you know, and for me, one of the things that... Um, so my parents live by a farm, and this farm makes chocolate milk. But really, it's like a melted frosty that's 35 degrees, right? I mean, it is so rich. And other times of the year, I'm like, no, nah, I really shouldn't. But this time of year, it's like, you know, pour another one, right? Let's, let's do it. So, so I think there's a way in which we're invited at this time of year in this high holy holidays to, to embrace joy, to live, and to receive God's gifts and God's blessings. Mary, though, points to sort of the way in which these blessings come, and she says that God's mercy, and here I think she's really being a prophet. She's really proclaiming the word for us future generations when she says that God's mercy, God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And again, she's talking about God's enduring mercy over the generations. And one of the things, the beautiful things, the joyful things about Christmas is that we can bring people together across generations, right? And in the season of Advent, as we're preparing, as we're lighting our candles together, as we're doing activities at the church, as we're going to concerts or other things, as we're gathering for family, again, it's across the generations. And in fact, Elizabeth and Mary is an intergenerational event. Elizabeth is much older, Mary's a young woman, and then there are these babies in the womb. Again, we have three generations of joy here in our gospel. Again, we are allowed, enabled, invited to come together across the generations in celebration and in joy. But if we're going to talk about generations and family, I think it's, it's worth acknowledging that families can be complicated. Families can be complicated. And I think all of us, as we, we gather with our, with our families and friends in these last months of the year, there's inevitably some anxiety for all of us. When I think about uh, most of the time when people come to me as a pastor and share with me the burdens of their heart, and especially when it comes down to relationships, yes, there, there will be people from childhood that were mean to us or that we were mean to. And there will be coworkers, there will be even fellow church members, there'll be neighbors that we have trouble with. But the vast majority of relationships in which there is brokenness in our lives comes down to our family, our siblings, our parents, our children, our in-laws, our spouses. It's family where we learn to love, but ultimately it's also family where we discover the need for forgiveness. 
where we discover that there's a need for God's mercy because on our own we realize we're, it's not there, it's not healing. And Mary today again, like a prophet, declares that God's mercy is forever sure, that God's mercy is from generation to generation. And this is cause for, for great joy to realize that God hasn't chosen to leave us alone. God hasn't chosen to leave us to our own devices to try to figure this out. But instead, God has chosen to become one of us. God has chosen to make human mercy. Jesus is mercy embodied. To put it more concrete, what this means for you and for me is that forgiveness actually exists. That there actually is a source of love that's greater than ourselves that comes into our hearts forgives us that we might then find a way to forgive each other and forgive ourselves. Again, Mary points us to the source of our ultimate joy, that there is mercy, that there is forgiveness. And so my hope is that, yes, as, as we gather across generations, as we live out family traditions, <clears throat> as we sing, as we bake, as we give gifts, that you will have a story a story of God's mercy in your life. But, but maybe even, yes, that, that in those difficult, complicated relationships in which there is baggage, that you might this year experience God's mercy breaking in in that relationship and showing a way forward for you. And I know that for some of you, there's, there's the reality that you won't even be gathering to certain people because the relationship is so broken. And know that if, if that's your, your life right now, that know that you can still have joy because, you see, God's mercy in Jesus Christ will win. Right? God isn't giving up. And, and we know that ultimately this mercy, it comes down to a cross and an empty tomb where, where God will not let go of us. God will not let us to our own devices. But again, God comes in love and mercy to us. And that even those times when there is that estrangement, we can have the joy knowing that one day there will be reconciliation, even if we don't get to experience that just yet. For you see, this Advent is always, like every year, about Jesus coming, Jesus coming as a child, that we might, like Mary and Elizabeth, have that expectant joy. But Jesus also came finally to be a man and to be God and to bring about in our lives and in our world and in our families the mercy that we did not have in ourselves, that we might experience God's forgiveness and forgive each other. Amen.